What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into a special edition of the Brass Ring Media Podcast, a 2023 year in review, a look back at the 2023 year in wrestling. I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Shade. You know us. That is my dog, Penny, in the background. Uh, she's eating a uh, peanut butter uh Peanut butter, peanut butter bully stick to keep her to keep her busy, um, and we also have a very special guest today. One of our uh, one of the first ever members of Brass Ring Media, which started in 2023. It's a big story in and of itself, folks. Probably number one. Probably number one. Yes. Yep. Sean is here with us. He's a Brass Ring Media member. Sean, man, uh, great to have you. We've been talking about getting you on for a show uh, for quite some time, and. I think this is the perfect time to do it. Thank you for your membership, and thanks for being here, man. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, I'm just—I love talking wrestling with you guys. I mean, if you—I'm always on the chat and always getting it up with Zach Barber, of course. I mean, I got to get on—he's <laughs> just fun to talk wrestling with in general. But yeah, I love being with all the members, talking and everybody that gets in live, talking about wrestling and just doing what we love to do. So fun! Have, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I really do. Absolutely. Tyler, uh, what's going on, man? We uh, had a fun time yesterday recording uh, our, our members-only show, talked a little WWE preview uh, World's End. So if you missed that, you can catch that on the podcast. But, you know, Tyler, I'd say what's up, but I kind of pretty much know. It's kind of, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> if anyone was in the Discord last night, they knew I was playing No Mercy on N64. Yesterday. <laughs> I, uh, I picked Taz. Uh, as as I was getting besmirched, my opinion of Taz. So <laughs> me and uh, oh, this, uh, Viscera won some tag team titles, so it was a good time. Oh, nice! I gotta I gotta ask. I just yeah. gotta ask. How did you end up breaking that one out of the uh, out of the out of the out of its box and uh, cracking open an <laughs> NXT or N sixty four No Mercy? run? Yeah. So <clears throat> my brother in law, we were watching the Browns game, and then when that was wrapping up. Uh, you know, I source lots of old stuff. So I got him a GameCube for his like gaming room this year. So he's got like the whole setup. So we played No Mercy just because he was like, Hey, you want to play No Mercy? I was like, Yes, I want to play No Mercy. Wait, like, so, so No Mercy's on GameCube now? Well, no, or so he it? has an N64 already. And he ah, had no okay, Mercy. okay. So we, he was like checking yeah. out the game room and I was like, Oh, you got No Mercy? He's like, Yeah, you want to play? Oh, I was yeah. like, Yes. So <laughs> absolutely. Tyler, congrats on your Browns, man. They're, they're looking. Oh, thanks. It's so, uh, it's I'm wild stuff. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Playoffs. Yep. I mean, playoffs, but I don't I don't think it's like you know what like some years you can like say to yourself, oh we're in the playoffs, but we're probably not gonna mm-hmm. probably not gonna win like a game. I don't think that's the Browns this year. Like I think they could like they, they could it. like legitimately make some make some noise. Yeah. I don't want to like jinx them. Yeah, you definitely don't want to play them if you're another team, right? And that's a good spot to be in. Old man like, sure not. Yeah. They can play defense and they're going to score 30 points. Like, that's if they play like the last couple weeks, they could win the whole thing, which is crazy. And they've beaten every wow. team at the top. They beat the Ravens, they beat the 49ers. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's wild. All right, let's get into it, but let's set the table here first. This is a special edition episode of the Brass Ring Media Podcast. Usually, we are live every single week, Thursday, three Eastern, two Central, with the free flagship show. Um, if you have not checked out the free show, please do so. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Hit the notification button so you know that uh, 
that uh, when we go live, so you don't miss anything. Um, if you also want to check out more of our free content, we have written content at our Brass Ring Media Substack page, Substack newsletter. Uh, we've got free articles that go up there every single week. But if and when you want to take your Brass Ring Media experience to the next level, you got to join us on Patreon as a Brass Ring Media member. It's $4 um, and it gets you access to everything that we do. It gets you access to the Discord community that Sean was talking about and that Tyler had mentioned. It gets you access to all of our written content on Substack. It gets you a free weekly podcast every single week on wrestling. Um, it gets you a all of our pay-per-view review shows, which will be um, in abundance coming up with World's End this weekend, Wrestle Kingdom, um, not too far, far after that, Royal Rumble, and then we're in WrestleMania season. So if there's ever a time to, to check us out for $4, it's right now, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. All right, guys. So we're here to talk 2023, and uh, we're going to get into our match of the year. We're going to get into our... Uh, our kind of our wrestler of the year picks for 2023, but it was a newsworthy year in wrestling in, in, in general. And I want to hit some of those, those stories um, and just kind of do round tables about, you know, kind of where things stand now, how influential those were, you know, at the time and, and looking back um, and you can't talk about 2023 without talking about um, TKO and TKO group officially acquiring WWE from the McMahon family and the McMahon family um, losing, you know, sole ownership of, of their company that they've had for, for years and years and years. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I think when you're in like the week to week, just consumption of wrestling as a fan or, you know, writing about wrestling and analyzing wrestling, like we do here at Brassering Media, you can kind of like, the news cycle goes so fast that you can kind of uh, miss just how big some of these stories are. This is a huge one. I mean, this is like in a lot of ways the biggest story in professional wrestling of the last, you know, the last 40 years. I mean, it's huge to have the McMahon family not sole owners of, of, uh, of their company. And to me, like the most telling piece of that puzzle is just the lack of any drop in quality, any drop in momentum, any drop in like control and like talent management, storyline management, match quality, like, and they switched over to TKO group and like barely missed a beat. You just don't know. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know that, that such a huge um, undertaking had, had had changed as far as ownership goes. So Tyler, I'll throw to you first on this one. Like, where does this stand? Like in the pantheon of news this year, and and looking back now that we've had about I don't know what about uh, you know a few months you know in the can of it officially being you know under the TKO Group banner, but essentially you know nearly a year now of of this you know impending uh, transition happening, like. Where does WWE stand here as we head into 2024? Yeah, I mean, certainly the number one news story of the year, without question. So it's good to lead off with it. So good job by you, Zach, on the formatting here. I agree. Thanks. But uh, yeah, we were talking yesterday in the show. I think it was on the members only show. They kind of blend together as we do both of them. Of like trying to determine this like boom period for WWE. It definitely coincides kind of exactly when 
Paul Levesque took over creative, Vince McMahon retired, et cetera, right? I think we can all, because that was like September of 22. It was like yeah, August, August. August, August, yeah. So, um, you know, it just, that's, I think that transition happening at that point, and then the sale happening a little less than a year later helped that transition of kind of, we kind of, we saw a sample of what WWE was going to be without Vince McMahon in control. And this, this purchase kind of solidified that new era of kind of treating fans with a little bit more respect, which Levesque does in his booking. And uh, yeah, I mean, the sub, the big sub story for me is that Vince McMahon got played for like the first time in a business deal. Yeah. Um, at least for my creative control thing. So that's, you know, for, for the hater that is in my heart on, on Vince McMahon, that, that was, that was a good thing there. But yeah, I mean, 20, uh, 2024 WWE set up great. The, when you got even have Eric Bischoff praising CM Punk in, in WWE recently, <laughs> like, you know, they're on, on pace. They're probably going to sign Mercedes who just Mercedes Monet, who just trademarked a bunch of terms. So to me, mm-hmm. it seems like she'll be as Mercedes, but yeah, I mean, it's healthy. It's as healthy as it's really like ever been from a financial spot from deals on the horizon and set money. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's in a healthy spot and the stock's up 16% for year to date. So from that standpoint as well, that's a, that's a pretty healthy spot to be in 2023 as well. Going into- Sean, what about you, man? What do you, what do you make of that news in terms of just like, like the overall 2023 news story cycle? And, you know, where do you have WWE kind of perception wise going into the, the, the new year? Yeah, Tyler. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it was definitely the biggest story we've seen ever and, and probably will be for a long, long time, even though wrestling is getting more crazy over time. We'll see some crazy stories continue to happen and it'll, they'll probably get bigger and bigger, but it's a, now this is the biggest one. And with it, with me going into last year, I thought, Vince was going to be there till he croaked. I thought there was no way anything was changing. WWE was going to be what it was. And we were just going to have to either you hate watch it or you just, you like the talent you want to watch because of the talent. But when he was slowly moving out, it was like, we had always always talked about how Hunter could get WWE in the right direction or on a better path to utilize the talent the best way, tell better stories, do a lot of those things. And because I don't know a lot of the company part of it, but they were have been a publicly traded company for so long that I think they're the ones that could handle something like this, a move like this of this caliber. So I was more of it looking at the wrestling perspective of what's Lebet going to do with the booking aspect. And so far, the whole year, I mean, it's had you know issues we can you know we can always talk about, but more people feel like stars in WWE right now, and the ones that are getting over, he's pushing them to whatever level he thinks they should be, you know, at this point. With LA Knight, we've seen that. He's The fans were into him. They put him in a match with Roman. He wasn't going to win. We knew that. But he's on a good trajectory now. Where at least if he's a IC, US, whatever he'll go for next, we're invested in it. And he's investing us in the stories with all these people. And so going into 2024, whether they get Mercedes back in WWE, which I think that's a good possibility, which would be great. Because I'm all for a Sasha Bailey if you tell the story the right way. I'm all for it. Finally, yeah, you know we we watched it for you know five years ago on the flashbacks with Wade. We talk, see it all the time. It's like Sasha Bailey. Are we ever going to get over this? And so they're they, they, Triple H is doing a better job of 
investing in what they're going to, what they're doing going forward in this WrestleMania build has been, I think, really good, and we're on a good track to the Royal Rumble and beyond. So I just think it's been good. WWE to me is on the right track. You know, there's issues again we could talk about, but I, I like where WWE is going right now. Is a is a company, even though you know we'll see where Raw's going to go, where it's what channel it's going to be on, or what station it's going to be on, but. I like where they're going. Raw and SmackDown are both, and actually, you know, I can watch Raw and not just be bored and want to fall asleep. So yeah. that's good for me too. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a good sign. Always, there's no question. I, I mean, yeah. Look, the uh, the Triple H factor in all this is really, I don't know. It's really impressive. Like in a lot of ways. I mean, and like you can and should say what you will about Triple H. I mean, there's no question. I mean, the guy is of uh, all intents purposes an egomaniac. <clears throat> And he is ruthless, you know, from a, just a, you know, we, we know the stories about him in, in his wrestling days. Um, political, you know, in terms of how he handles himself back, you know, backstage. But, man, the, the politics of how he's taken over, you know, creative end of WWE, you know, have been pretty masterful if you if you really kind of break it down and, and think about it. Like, he... You know, he inherited a company that, you know, was doing well financially, you know, and like, I think like, you know, when you finally get handed the reins of like a creative, you know, world like, like this, you know, he, he could very much have said, oh, I want this to be my thing and my thing only. And so look, here we go. We're changing everything and we're doing this. But like, I think he recognized that like slow change is important here. Like we, you know, they, they, there's something like that you can't come in and just blow the whole thing up. It's got to be a slow, a slow pivot. And, you know, I think you saw that, you know, you didn't see him totally pivot away from the top stars of the Vince McMahon era. Miz is still out there. Roman is still out there. Like Seth is still pushed in, in a major way, you know, but he sprinkled in his own flavor into how he's booked these guys. And so I think that like, there, that the fresh element of like his take on all of those kind of regular WWE stars has really kind of not only helped the company transition, but like freshened up everybody's star power too. And, and, and like presented them in, in, in a new light. I mean, Seth now feels like a way bigger star than he has. You might not like the same thing. You might not like the, the attire, but his presence on a show feels like it's, it's really important. Um, so I think like Triple H is, is pivotal here in 2024. I mean, look, they're, they're they're set up for 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 some really big things. I mean, Cody Rhodes is on track to do something at WrestleMania. That show's already sold out. They've got PLEs that are taking place in other countries. Um, they're going to Paris. They're going to Australia. Um, so you know they really have a you know a, a strong a strong year um, on the horizon and. I think the fact that you don't hear TKO much, Sean, is, you know, a testament to, like, how how the company is going to be run, you know, even under that TKO banner. Like, I'm sure we'll see some stuff on the business side. You know, they talked about UFC and WWE running, you know, some same weekend. I'm sure we'll get a taste of that at some point in 2024, perhaps. But um, the fact that you don't hear much about it, I think, is, you know, is a good thing. I mean. You never know what's going to happen to a company when a bigger company gobbles it up and and changes it and makes it into something new. And um, 
you know, I think for right now, if you were a WWE fan, Sean, worried about like the impact of that that new ownership would have, I don't think you're worried anymore. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not really. I mean, I just I think they're on, on a good path. I mean, they're you know they're doing good shows. Again, that that's what I always want in wrestling. Like, you know, we talk about AEW all the time. Is they're all about for for me. They're mostly about having great matches. And that's fine. I, I want that. I think that's a good thing to have in a wrestling company. But at the same time, I want uh, stars that feel big and that tell great stories to build me to like a guy or hate a guy. And that's what I want in my wrestling. And, and WWE does that better than anybody right now. And so I, I'm invested in what they're doing, and, and I'm excited what the future is going to hold. You know, Tyler, uh, as far as like the TKO impact here, Mm -hmm. you know, moving forward and the possibility for, you know, more stuff with UFC or or business opportunities. Like, um, what do you, you know, what is your expectation for the growth of that relationship in, in 2024? Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't thought about it a ton, but I think it's going to be slow played in 2024, right? I think it's more the, okay. Hey, I guess same city. If you book same venues, right? Like, I think that might be some of this overseas expansion by WWE. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that correlate with the TKO yeah. merger? Like some of these international dates? Like that's something you can easily do where you can time it to the afternoon U.S. time and then evening you have, uh, you know for UFC time in in other markets that you can share costs for venues, right? I mean, that's very boring to kind of talk about, but that's a huge deal, right? If you can book a venue for a whole day and do two yeah. events in it or in the same city and have all your people in the same spot, that's that's a huge synergy, right? Um, that that is important. Hey, no corporate buzzwords on this. Yeah, show. I know. Yeah, from 15 <laughs> years ago. But I was looking it up <laughs> while Sean was talking because I was like, to form my opinion here. But I looked at revenue from 2022. Obviously, we don't have full revenue from 2023 for UFC and WWE, and obviously UFC. WWE were not together at that point, but they both that revenue in 2022 was 1.3 billion for both brands, which I thought was interesting. I thought UFC would have interesting more yeah. coming in the WWE from a revenue standpoint. I think UFC is much more um, net profit profitable because they don't pay their performers anything uh, <laughs> unless you're you know a main eventer. But that's yeah. a whole other story for another even then, even then, yeah, yeah, even then it's low. So, um, but because I thought. My opinion of, of TKO was WWE was kind of the little brother of the UFC, but they're obviously equal partners, at least from a 2022 standpoint. Also, all the deals are done in WWE except for Raw, and UFC's got a huge deal. Their ESPN Plus contract ends in 2025, I think. So that's like a big thing for the company of, hey, we kind of got all the set money for WWE. Obviously, we want to sell places and get all that incremental revenue, merch, all that stuff. But like for UFC, that's like the big corporate opportunity for TKO. So I think that helps WWE as well be kind of, hey, you got all this baseline cash coming in. We love you. Do your thing, Paul. You know, unless ratings go crazy and I get complaints from corporate partners, then you're all good to go. So that's kind of where I see it. And like the, the the merging of it, I think is boring in 2024 of like, and maybe they'll run Vegas together at the same time. Um, but, you know, do we see Conor McGregor? do a UFC and then do a WrestleMania like that, I think is a little down the line, but certainly could happen, especially if the same entity is paying his paycheck. It might be more financially feasible and you could write that into 
people's contracts, UFC to WWE, obviously more so than the than vice versa. So another major story, um, and this is on the uh, this is a real interesting like story, but it's really a person. <laughs> CM Punk had a tumultuous uh, 2023, to to put it lightly. Um, and somehow things just work out for that guy. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, he wrapped up 2022 with the brawl out situation. We didn't see him again until June of this year with the launch of his own show, AW Collision. He's back in AW. Um, that doesn't work out either. He gets into another brawl at All In and is fired um, from the company. And then a few months later, he's back in WWE after a 10 year hiatus, uh, much publicized. Um, that's quite the ride in, in 2023 for, for, for a professional wrestler at a, at a, at a top level to be in and out of like the major companies like that. And, um, but not only that, he's proven to, to be a commodity like in 2023 as well. You know, uh, he did business for AEW. He's selling tickets like crazy for, for WWE now, now that he's back. And so, um, Tyler, talk about just CM Punk's year, you know, what <laughs> Punk means in wrestling in 2023 and, you know, where, where he goes in 2024 after the, the wild year um, that he's had. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a big story. I was trying to think of a historic cop on CM Punk because I knew this would be part of the conversation. The closest thing I can think of, and it's it's a, a more stretched out timeline, is Hulk Hogan, right? Him walking out on WCW with yeah. the Jeff Jarrett angle and laying down and all that stuff. But that was 2000. I don't know the date, but I think that was summer of 2000, maybe. But that uh, then he came back in 2002 to WWE, right? So that's not a six week hiatus from you know burning the bridge from one company and right. uh, going to the next company. Obviously. That is an argument for what AEW could have done, because obviously WCW and, and AOL, Time Warner, paid Hulk Hogan's contract out, and then he went to WWE, right? So um, I, was su- I would assume it would be a more apt comp if AOL, Time Warner would have just been like, yeah, you're fired, get out of here, you're available to anybody. He probably would have gone to WWE and faced, you know, a Stone Cold in 2000 or something, you know? So... Yeah. But um, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, like you said, always smelling like roses for punk. I think it's like, you know, it's a negative for AW and encapsulated that whole run is a negative for AW and going to be a positive for WWE. But I do think it's a pretty big net negative for CM Punk's legacy uh, for people like us as we talk about him and, you know, not being being gone and coming back. I mean, from a real person looking at analytically i think it's a huge negative to him and where he is in like the pantheon of pro wrestlers his his antics this year no matter what he does going forward people gonna remember his his AEW run like in the ring yeah like i mean like because i just i don't know i just it's you know because when you think about like um you know the year that he's had that punk's had this year um not much happened. I mean, like, not much happened for a guy that, like, in the ring. Like, he had a couple matches with FTR and, 
he had the thing with Samoa Joe and he was in like the Bret Hart tournament thing. But like, you know, I mean, 2023 was like a lost year for him outside of, you know, the, the WWE return, I think. And like the backstage drama. And then when you dip back into 2022, you know, he was, he wrestled in the early part of that year, but then was out for most of it after winning the, 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 the title and, and back for a match here or there. So, I mean, like, you know, the guy has a lot of momentum, you know, but, but also not a lot to show for it as far as like results go. And I wonder, uh, Tyler, if that's, <laughs> that's almost a good thing. Like it's like, it almost worked to his benefit to not have all this stuff in the can where WWE could look at it and go, eh, I don't know if we <laughs> want this guy anymore. Like, 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 even if like, and they probably wouldn't say that because like they can do more with him, you know, outside the ring and all that. So it's not entirely like, you know, a fair argument to make, but like, I feel like his inactivity almost, um, you know, influenced just how valuable, you know, he really is and was to WWE um, coming in because like, you just, you just, you just didn't know. Like he's, he's, fr he like, he freshened himself up by not being active. Yeah. He's like the, Number one pick in the NBA draft to yeah. be like Chet Holmgren is going to win rookie of the year in his second year, right? And he got injured in the preseason for right. his rookie year. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is great because the team wasn't any good. Now they're good and he's coming in and he's fresh. Yeah, I mean, it's that angle. You know, from a punk perspective, from a historical view, I think it's certainly antics. And then the MJF dog collar match slash feud are the two yeah. things you're going to remember in that order from his AEW run. Yeah. Um, but besides that, it's a lot of... I'm happy to fight Darby. Oh, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? And then like yeah, this weird I love you, Brad Rocky Hart. thing. This yeah, this weird, weird Rocky story with uh with Moxley, even though it's not weird, it's just weird because he had not he'd never seen any Rocky movies, I think, and he didn't get it. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Sorry. Don't <laughs> yeah. believe him. Well, he, you know, Rocky's from Philly, so if it's not from Chicago, Punk doesn't care about it. So that's true. I think that's, I that's, think that's true. what it is. Um, so yeah, that's 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 where I am. And yeah, I mean. I think you're right there, but another reason why he's not going to wrestle until he's in the Royal Rumble and probably not going to wrestle until he has a match at WrestleMania, right? It's a special attraction, plus you're going to work six matches a year and be healthy, you know, which is the opposite of what, how AEW treated him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that might, you know, it may prove out to be the right call from this perspective. Yeah. Sean, um, CM Punk, like, comment on, like, his the, the year that he's had and – just how big of a story he is. Am I am I overplaying, you know, the you know that the, the the punk story clocking in at number two, you know, behind you know Vince McMahon selling the freaking WWE. Yeah. No, the, you're not overselling it at all. I think it's the second biggest for sure. I mean, Sam Punk is a oh very interesting star in, in a lot of different ways. But I want to say, well, for my fandom, I was always a big Sam Punk fan. Loved him in WWE back in the day. Obviously, the Cena, the Cena match was, was great at Money in the Bank. I mean, obviously, you can't not love that match. Um, then I kind of went away for a little bit. I was in and out of wrestling there in the 2010s for a little bit, so I kind of missed some of it. But even the Straight Edge Society stuff, I, I really enjoyed. And so when he came into AEW, I was, I was very intrigued, very excited to see what he would do. You know, I've been down on AEW as a whole, but I want it to succeed. I like it. I enjoy it. 
um, I was really the the first promo was kind of happy go lucky punk, <clears throat> but then going into 2023, it was just antics of I want to do what I want to do. I want my own show. I don't like this guy. I don't like that guy. And Tony just you know just doing whatever he wants because he's a CM Punk fan and he's it was always liked him when he was younger and like I'm gonna I want to make him happy the most the best that I can and so he did all this stuff with you know, giving him his own show which I thought was just a bunch of baloney the biggest bunch of crap I've ever seen to give somebody their own show just to make him happy I, that's that's dumb um and then it just went downhill from there you know got hurt the Moxley stuff, Tyler, like you said, was just, I didn't really care for a lot of that. I mean, it was compelling in a way, but then I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Um, I like both guys, but it's like, yeah, I don't really like the story necessarily between the two of them. And then, yeah, now with all the stuff with the Bucks and all the EVP, all that, it was just crazy. Um, he needed to be let go. I thought it was the right move to do. Tony just had to do it. He was kind of caught in a corner and like, I like this guy, but he's just causing too much of a problem. Yeah. And then when he went to I was not wanting him to come back to WWE. To be to be frank, I think I brought that up, you know, in, in our Discord too. I, I didn't I didn't want him back. I was I was very sour on what he had done in, in a lot of aspects. And then when he came back, and they were said that Hunter had been talking to him, trying to get him back, and I was like, oh, okay. I turned a little bit in the sense of I'll be open to it. I'll let it play out. I'll see what they have for him because with WWE, they're not going to put up with his crap. They're just not. If he starts causing problems, Hunter's going to be like, you got to go. So if he's going to do this special attraction stuff, I'm okay with it because you can have big matches with him. And if he's doing what he needs to be doing and, and, and being good to people backstage, which so far it seems like he is. I don't know if that's a play. Who knows? I don't know. But he's minding his P's and Q's so far since he's come back. So... I'm excited to see what he's going to do in 2024. I, I think the antics are a big thing that's caused a lot of problems with a lot of people, and I get that, and, and I agree with all of it. But, you know, he's gonna, there's some good things for him in 2024, and, I, and I'm anxious to see what he does. And, and WWE can tell some really good stories with him for what they have. So I thought it was a you know, bad year for him, but hopefully he can make up for some of it here in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's interesting to classify it as a bad year because I think, you know, it was. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think, especially after, you know, I think after after the brawl out stuff in twenty twenty two, you, I, I think you could find yourself on either side of that ledger. Like, eh, I understand what Punk's talking about. It was kind of BS. Yes, Punk didn't handle it right, obviously by any means. Right. But like, you could kind of like try to play the both sides thing there, but. This go around, like it's like, ah, uh, in 2023, he's fighting with Jack Perry, and then you know, it's like, boy, you really roll your eyes at that. And I think his stock took a hit, a major hit after after that in 2023. But, um, you know, like different situations, different contexts, you know, and a brand new company can really change the tide. And and I think, you know, for as bad of a year that he had for 11 months in 2023. I think a lot of that was righted, you know, the minute he walked out on pay-per-view at, at, at Survivor Series. I mean, I think the tone has shifted on on him from an audience perception-wise, and it seems like it's shifted for, for him as well. Um, the work that he's done in WWE, Tyler, so far in 2023, we just don't have much of it. We don't have much of a sample size. He had a match with Dominic Mysterio uh, this week in Madison Square Garden. 
that was it was a house show match, so there's not much not much to it, but it certainly drew. And then other than that, we've had promos, um, and the biggest promo being the one with Seth Rollins. That seems to be exactly where they're going for a uh, for a WrestleMania feud and uh, Punk's first major um, major singles program. Um, is there anything that you've seen in 2023, Tyler, with Punk and WWE that has you either a worried about you know how he can work in that company in 2023 in 2024 or b um just kind of confirms like no like he's still a top star doing top star things at a top star level i mean <clears throat> i think cm punk has a expiration date with any employer uh that that has been told over time in history so what is that expiration date in wwe you know i'd say sometime probably late 25 early 26 is when he's fed up with something. <laughs> so I think that it bodes well for 2024, booking all the deals, all that sort of stuff. So in everything thus far, there's been no reports. No one's leaked on either side. You think that he already has opponents backstage that would want to leak something if they heard it. So right. we haven't heard that. So that's one thing. Like, you're going to know pretty quickly because people love him and hate him. And they're going to defend him and they're going to launch, you know, stones at him whenever they get the chance. So, yeah, I think it's it's good thus far. Um I was looking up his matches the last three years, if I can segue just a second. Um, just yeah, so you sure. know, his total total matches. 21, he had wrestled nine matches, which okay. was less than I thought. 22, he wrestled 14. Really? 20, oh, yeah. This year, it. he wrestled 11. I don't know if that counts the house match. I'm just on cage match. Okay. Um, that's usually pretty accurate. I don't know okay. if the house show stuff is in there. I know he wasn't working house shows. So way less than I thought, especially 22. I know he's yeah. hurt, um, but oh. so there you go. So AEW got for all that got you know thirty matches out of him. Thirty so, matches, yeah. I mean, like he'll work more in WWE, more matches than he did in AEW, even if it's a shorter window. I think. Yeah, I think so. So pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. All right, guys, let's pivot here um, into talk a couple of the big news stories. Obviously, there's stuff that I that you. That we could, yeah, I mean, we could talk 2023 news forever, but I think we locked, yeah, lockdown, like the two biggest stories of the year, I think, have been, you know, that WWE merger and, and like, and all the punk stuff. I mean, I think that is, you know, that's, that's to me the two top, top stories. But without, without comment, sorry, what would yeah, your third ahead. be? We don't, we don't, we don't talk about it, but what would your third be in 2023? Oh, my third. <laughs> I'll tell you mine if you want to fit if you need me to filibuster. Yeah, go ahead. And I, would say it's, I would say it's like the negative news on AEW, like the the turning of positive will on AEW throughout 2023 is like a yeah. huge number, and they're they're like floating on not having a deal. So that sort of negative vibe on it, AEW is my third story of 2023. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, like the honeymoon phase kind of like being over. Um, yeah, I, I think is a that's a that's got to be a top one. Um, I'm trying to think like, yeah, I mean, cause like everything else news wise, I mean, we've had the new Japan and AEW relationship for a while. Like that's, that's, that's nothing new, but yeah, I mean, well, let's, let's talk about it really quick. Like, I mean, AEW, they, they're not, they were not ever going to be perfect. Like for their whole entire existence. Like that's just not a thing that's going to happen. Like for any promotion, no. You have your ups and downs. You have your ebbs and flows. New Japan's going to put on Wrestle Kingdom in a couple weeks, and you know they're in a in a 
not a tumultuous time, but in a time of change and a time of pivot and a time of creating new stars. And, you know, you don't have to look very far back to see a, a WWE that was trying to find its momentum and trying to find, trying to find its footing. You know, I mean, 2018, 2019 WWE, I mean, yes, there was some stuff in there that was good, but boy, a lot of it was a slog to get through. I mean, a lot of it was, and you know, AEW, I think is learning right now how difficult it is to be a 52 week a year company with 12 pay-per-views and a ton of talent to manage. Like it, it, it's not an easy thing to do. And and I think, you know, right now they're in a, they're in a downswing. They're in a place where you're trying to find your, find yourself as a company and find yourself from a, a who's your stars. Like, you know, they're really trying to balance that out and, and figure that out, or at least they should be. And I guess the issue that I have is I don't know if they are doing that, even though they, they need to be doing that, Tyler. So I think you're right to, to call that out. But, you know, when you look back at AEW's 2023, yeah, yeah like the negative perception is going to – is that negative stink is, is on them for most of this year. And it's not just because of – stories like CM Punk, like the product, it's about, you know, the product has that, that stink on it too. Um, is it a Tony Khan thing, Tyler? Is this hubris on his part for the year, not recognizing, or is it, or is it strictly just like, Hey, it's a downswing and they'll come out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think everything starts and ends with Tony Khan and he would tell you that with all his job titles, right? If there's success, it's because he's the president, CEO. Does he work a lot? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he's working, what, what was this thing? Like, if I'm not working 80 hours a week or 100 oh, hours a week? Or yeah, if I'm not like, working 100 like, hours a week, yeah. Yeah, I went, yeah, I remember I went off on that because it's like – Way to go, great. Tony. Good, yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you fell into being a billionaire by birth, and then you're going to talk about all of, us, all of us about hard work. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it goes with him, right? And everything that Sean laid out with CM Punk, it's a Tony Khan issue, right? The reason Punk – probably will work in WWE and did work in AWs because of that leadership and letting him get away with murder, you know, figuratively. But um, yeah, that, that it ends in, it starts and ends with him. I think there are some positive notes on AEW where he seems to be like getting rid, like moving from the, this is a fun business that I got to start and kind of do a dream camp for years yeah. and moving into, Hey, this is a business. I need to hire adults. I need to not just have all my friends and all the my friends' wives and friends come in here and run this business with me. I need real people that run real things. And hopefully next step will be delegation of some sort. Like maybe someone will fully book another show and he can fully book one of his own shows, whatever. But it starts ends with Tony Khan. It always will, uh, unless they go public or whatever. But I don't think that's going to happen. So that's my boilerplate answer to you is, Success hey, Sean, and failure is, is, is all Tony Khan's fault. Sean, the, this story in 2023 about AEW and kind of for the first time in its four-year existence now, having you know a bit of a rocky go, um, Tony Khan or natural cadence of wrestling promotions historically? No, I think it's more Tony Khan, I think. I think it's more Tony Khan. No, I mean, they, you know, again, I, I like AEW. The, 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 big, the big issues for me are, again, what, what I talked about with WWE is their stories just aren't as 
good. They're not as coherent. They're just all over the place. They just get matches out of nowhere. Like, oh, we're going to have a match on Friday on Rampage that nobody watches. Oh, gee, I'm really going to get excited about a Rampage title match that nobody's going to watch. Um, with yeah, the with, yeah. Like with the women, the women. Now, WWE, the women have not been booked fantastic either in a lot of ways. But with AEW, the women's division is just, to me, it's a mess right now. Other than Julia Hart on the Ascend after having now to wrestle Abaddon, which don't get me started on that. But uh, the booking just has not been good as a whole. And the biggest problem now with AEW is you guys talked about it yesterday with the with the ending of the show on Dynamite. With I just thought it felt so flat. MJF to me, I'm a fan of MJF. I I like MJF a lot. I don't think he's. I just don't. He now the injuries. He just put out a thing on the Players Tribune, which Zach Barber just put out on our Discord, which I'll have to go back and read. It's probably a really good article that he wrote talking about how he's he's really beat up. And, I, and so that's another problem, too, is the injuries are, are taking a toll. And his he's just not good right now as a babyface. He's not. He's not getting invested in anything he's doing. I want Joe to kick his ass and win the title. That's what I want. Is it going to happen? No. They're going to tell this underdog story where he's all beat up. And to me, it's going to make Joe look even worse. Unless the devil, whoever the devil is, which, you know, we could speculate all day on who that is. I don't know. I hope it does good, but I'm not feeling good that it's going to. I think it's going to be a mess. Um, the stories have been an issue. There's too many titles. There's just a lot of issues with, with AEW as a whole. It's the main thing. There's good matches. The Continental Classic has been good. I, I think it could have been better, but I think it's been well done for what they've they've had. Um, so I, I just think overall the booking, just the storytelling needs to get better as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and until Tony Khan gets with other people, and asks questions and says, here, how can I make this a better product? Until that happens, I don't. I think it's just going to be where it is. The ratings have just stalled. They're just yeah. where they are. There's no up climb, climb at all. It's just is what it is. And if you like it, you do. If you if you do, if you don't, you'll go watch WWE or New Japan. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I think, yeah, the context, you know, around the company, yeah, definitely has to do with, like, their storytelling and, and, and putting together – I said this yesterday on the, on the free show. It's like Tony Khan likes good matches, but I think it's easy to forget. And I think he has like the, a lot of those good matches stem from really good rivalries and big stars. And, you know, when you look at like AW right now, like, you know, you look at like that roster, a lot of the, a lot of the talent is like in the same spot. Like is MJF that much bigger of a star than Adam page? He's, he's, He's he's not. And like and then when you go from like Adam Page to you know even somebody like Jack Perry or Darby Allen, like there's not a lot of difference there, you know, either in terms of like the hierarchy of like where these guys are. Um and so I think if like you're Tony Khan and you're looking at 2024 and how you can turn the tide on this thing, you know, and Tyler and I, you and I talk about this a lot, you know, you got to figure out who your top guys are and and get them in a position and treat them like and treat them like top guys. Okay, that's MJF as a babyface. Awesome. That's what you've decided to do. Go in with it. Go that way. Line up five heels, and that's his. That's his year. That's what you're doing. He's gonna wrestle these five heels on pay per view, and that's that's gonna be the feud. If it's him as a, if it's him as a heel, okay, fine. Turn him. Turn him heel in a major way. Keep the belt on him. And then line up some baby faces for him to work with. And who are those other guys? And who are those other women? And treat that uh, the same way. I think ironing out the show 
um, you know, in a nuts and bolts way like that, will do a lot to to help just the the flow of the the flow of the product. And I think that's really that's really important. Okay, guys, let's get into some fun. Let's get into this fun fun debate potentially, or you know, one big group hug of agreement. I'm not really sure. We have not. Um, I'm ready to get down, so you guys are on the record. I know the lighting. Okay, bad, but I've got mine. So spoiler alert. Okay. I pulled it away, so. so I like Good. We're not gonna um, look. We, we, you know, we made the conscious decision. We're not gonna like do every single awards category possible, um, but uh, we're gonna hit the big ones. And it's wrestler of the year and match of the year. And let's start with match of the year, guys. And uh, I'm really curious as to where everybody landed on this. And so before we debate, before we discuss, I just I want to go around just around the horn and let's just call out what it is and who it is that we picked what's the match and what show is it on Tyler match of the year in 2023. I have Adam page and Swerve Strickland, Texas death match from AW full gear. All right. I had, I had a feeling you were going there. I had a feeling you were going there too. Oh, <laughs> uh, so mine was tough. Mine was really tough. I, I thought now not all of AW pay-per-view matches have I watched. I have not watched every pay-per-view. I have not. I'll be honest about that. So some of them I have not seen. I did not see the swerve other than the, the highlights of it. And I, that's not my cup of tea. I mean, the story was fine, but you know, I'm just not for that kind of gore. And that's, that's just not my thing. And if some people, Tyler, you, and, and I get it, I respect it, but I, that's not me. Mine, I was torn, but I went ultimately with WrestleMania night one. Rhea and Charlotte. Rhea okay. and Charlotte Blair. That was a fantastic... The story was not great building up to it, I have to say. Charlotte's... Ugh. And now she's <laughs> hurt. That's, uh, that sucks. But that match was fantastic and made Rhea an even bigger star. And I that's what it, the goal was. And it was fine. It was great. I loved it. All right. I like I like that pick. This is great because we we all landed in different spots. I am going with um, with WrestleMania Night 1 as well. But I'm going with the tag match. I'm going with the Usos versus okay. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the main event for the title. So this wow. is interesting. I can I cannot, I cannot believe Osprey and Kenny did not get picked by any of us. Like I, that's really the so, best match of the year. But you know, I did represent the death match. It's crazy. So we're canceled as a as a work rate <laughs> podcast. I'll just have you guys know. Hey, look. Well, okay. I'm, I knew that match was going to come up. Let's put a pin in that <laughs> for a minute. Let's put a pin in that one for a minute. Tyler, make your case for why you picked what you did. Yeah, I mean, a couple of reasons. A, I always advocate and stand for for the death match when it works effectively. I think it did here yeah, in this it place. It really, did. it really did. Yeah, it was, it was an perfect. awesome match. And I think undoubtedly, when Swerve Strickland is AEW World Champion, I think this is the turning point in his career where it happened to make him from a fringe mid-card guy to most of the audience. You know, I think a lot of people like us saw the, what was there in him all along, but it's a turning point in his career. And that's important if he's going to be a big star for AEW. One of the first, besides MJF, one of the first non-WWE. I mean, I know he's an NXT, but he's not a WWE guy. So I think there's a lot of good baggage there. Also, if, if it was booked properly, Adam Page could be, you know, taking on MJF right now or whatever. Could be the first guy to take on Samoa Joe if he wins, and it could be an effective main eventer uh, if booked properly. So I think there's a lot of momentum coming out of that match from an AEW standpoint that they desperately need. 
I don't think it's all been obtained as of yet, but great match and a lot of positive stuff on the back end as well. Yeah, that one is like, <clears throat> I mean, first of all, it's a really good match. I mean, and Sean, you, you try to catch it if you can, because it's a, it's a really, it's a good match. And yeah, it's a little, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a death match. So, I mean, there's that element to yeah. it. Yeah. But the blood drinking is like only the first couple minutes, and then it gets past that. Honestly, yeah. like I know I say that kind of flippantly, but they only drink blood like... for a little while. <laughs> yeah, everyone should be able to drink a little blood, right? <laughs> but oh. like, it did make sense to have that one, and and but but it was more than that, though. It was more than just like 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 it's to me those matches are all about context. It's why I appreciated this match more than I can, you know two people like putting each other through glass on a random GCW show, like mm -hmm. to each their own, right? Like it, people, people love it. I, I just, I, I want to get behind those kind of types of matches when they make sense. And I think this one really, really did. So I think it's a very fair, very fair choice. Um, <clears throat> Sean, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Also a really good match on night one. I was in the building for that, uh, but make your case. Why is it the match of the year? Okay, so like I was saying earlier, if you if you're going by the story of the match, it doesn't really hold up a lot because the story just building up to it wasn't that great. I mean, now Rhea, obviously, what we've seen what she's done in the Judgment Day. I mean, she is when Judgment Day first happened, we were like, eh, we're not digging it. Just kind of Edge was in it, and then blah blah blah. Then it, you know, Damien became a you know was slowly kind of moving along, but we didn't really see where it was going. It was kind of like, eh, is it really meaning a whole lot? But then Rhea. And Dom came in, man. It just made it a lot more, a lot bigger of a deal. Like we kind of invested in it more, and we were investing in her and just being a, an alpha, alpha female, man. Like she's becoming a bigger star by the day. And so, kind of seeing that growth. And I had loved Rhea, even though we don't like you know the performance center days at all. I mean, why would we? Because I was at <laughs> that point in the world in general, but. The match with her and Charlotte at WrestleMania in the Performance Center was great, even though there was nobody yeah. there. I really enjoyed that match. And so I was, when they got back, Rhea and Charlotte, I was like, man, they could tell a really good story with this. Like how, and they did a little bit of how Rhea's trying to overcome that, even though she's a heel and, but we want to cheer her because we love Rhea. I mean, why would we not love Rhea? And so the heel part's been hard in a way. And then Charlotte, you know, kind of coming in at the, face we we like her you know because she's a big star but you know, we don't know how to feel about her and so the build up to the match was just kind of like eh, the promos were okay but then when, when they just got in the ring they just told a phenomenal story other yeah. than the part where i think uh was it Rhea that almost fell on her head at one yes. point she did but it almost like it almost like made the it kind of the fact that she wasn't paralyzed like made the match because it, it looked like this just brutal spot and yeah. it kind of helped i think it helped like the drama of the match thank god she wasn't hurt it's just right it it helped make it feel like man this is a fight and these women are going all out to win this to win this title yeah and so just the story they told in the match was what got me invested in the match because Charlotte's just so good at putting over other people, and she's gotten better about that over time. And she just did a great job of making Rhea look like even bigger of a star in the in the in that match. I mean, I just I didn't like Charlotte kind of the look at, at the end of the match, like her outside the ring, like smile, like oh look what I did. Yeah. It took away from it a little bit. I hated that part of it. Oh, I just like oh, it's so 
stop. So but Charlotte. Rhea, but it, re, it made Rhea a bigger star. And Rhea, even though she hasn't wrestled a ton this year, which is kind of the argument against her, she's not wrestling a lot of people. But at the same time, it's not defining people down either. Like she's mm-hmm. beaten a few people here or there, and, and it's been good for what it's been. And the, uh, the build is for you know her coming in into 2024. But the match with Rhea and Charlotte, I just thought was great. Told a great story and built Rhea is, is bigger than she is already. So I loved it. Yeah, I picked um, the Usos versus Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Um, I like tag team wrestling, so Fair that's point. one. That's one part of this. The other part is like the match itself. Tons of, I mean, it was a like a, a match that like built and built and built crescendo and then like got to the got to the big finish. Um I really like this match though because this to me was like is important it's like an important match to remember about pro wrestling in 2023 where it's like you still you you want to have your audience on one side against another side. Like that is like the 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 best part about pro wrestling. And I think this Usos versus Sami Zayn and Owen's story is like the antithesis of that. Like that's it's wrestling. You had an audience of eighty thousand people all behind Zayn and Owens to beat to beat the Usos to end their their historic title reign. Um, it's you know if it was a huge match feel in the moment and the culmination of WWE like. In a lot of ways, the culmination of WWE's like biggest story that they've had in in years. I mean, the Sami Zayn, Owens, Usos, Bloodline angles to end 2022 and the start of 2023. I mean, they were driving big numbers for you know for SmackDown. I mean, 2.4 million, 2. you know 3 million like on a regular basis. And then you saw that all come to a head at WrestleMania 39, the biggest show of the year in the main event. I, I just I love the tone and tenor of this, and I love them, uh, you know, just put being able to like just wrap up a story in a in a in the right way, sending the fans home happy. Um, it's just I just I, I I love that match, and admittedly, maybe a little biased because I was you know in the building, so maybe it hit differently than it did watching it at home for the first time. But um, I definitely think that this this stands out for me. Now, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay is a match that I love, okay? I will argue, though. <laughs> I didn't see it. can't say. I, can't, I didn't see it. I, I wish I would. I, I love Either game. one? You didn't no. see either one of them? Okay. No, I, I so, like, they're both really, really good. I mean, they're both really, really good matches. They're probably, like, two and, uh, two and four probably on my list if I was, you know. And I will finalize this list for – uh, on Substack for 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 Brassery Media members, like coming up here in the next day. But what 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 missed? What why I just will argue this to the to the death <laughs> is that I just don't like. I felt like that both those matches like lacked a lot of a lot of context that I like in in wrestling. Like I. I know these two can have a good match. And they did. There's no question about it. Great. But I'll put, you know, I will, like, where are, like, the two guys right now? Like, where is their stories right now? What happened after those matches? Like, I just, 
I just think that like for me, I want I valued in terms of picking, you know, this tag match over those others. You know, look, I valued the like the 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 context of where it happened. WrestleMania, huge crowd, main event, culmination of a of a months long story. Like I put I put value in that. But I also put value in just like the story itself and how the match played into, you know, played into that story. Omega and Osprey had some of that. I liked what the Usos and uh, and Zayn did better in in that regard. So that's my argument against. And so I'm, uh, you know, and I will, uh, you know, I'll defend that. I will defend that. Tyler, go ahead and push back. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pick it either. So it's probably yeah, but, number two on my list. But yeah, it, I think if they were both in AEW and they interacted a little bit more, it, it would probably right. have more meaning. So your point is valid. Um, you know, Swerve and Page. If Page was in. TNA, and they he came in and fought Swerve for this, and then went away. It'd be yeah. a different thing, right? Because they wouldn't have all the build up to the match that made it, you know, feel like they kind of needed to literally murder each other to, to end this feud, right? <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, it's that way. And so I think, you know, assuming Kenny's healthy, I think you could get the best version of this story, like in twenty twenty four, late twenty twenty four, early twenty twenty five, could have Kenny versus Champion Will Osprey could be the best match of that year i think is on the table so yeah yeah i just think it needed a little bit like look and look and look if you're someone out there that's just like nope i just like watching like really good matches and that's all that matters like this certainly is going to be on the top of your list and it should be on the top of everyone's list period like that the match should land in the top five of everybody i mean like that's it's a very very good match um but uh but yeah that I just wanted to call it out. We're not, uh, we didn't forget about Omega Osprey. It's just, we put it in its, in its correct spot. Sean, you didn't see either match. That's why you can't put it on your list. But I think it's telling though, that you didn't see it. I think so. I mean, again, I like both guys from what I've seen of, I mean, Omega, cause I didn't see any of new Japan. I, I never, I've heard a lot about it again, but I never saw it. So I can't say it. And I've just been overall, pretty down on what Omega's done in AEW. I just haven't really enjoyed much of it. The matches have been good. Again, like you said, the matches are great, but I, he's done nothing to invest me in any of his matches. And Osprey, I think, will, when he now that he's in AEW, I'm excited to see him in AEW more full-time. That's going like, to be a fun part of 2024, like seeing him, you know, you know, on – on AEW television, like regularly, like you no, know, he really hasn't. He hasn't been in a role like that before. Like he's been in New Japan, he's on those tours, and he's on all the big shows. But like in an episodic fashion, that is going to be interesting to see uh, play out. Sorry, to interrupt. Go yeah. ahead, keep going. No, so and that's what I say. Like Osprey, I'm excited to see. You know, the matches I had seen, I did see a highlight of the one he had with Ricochet, like way back in the day. Now that was that was something. Uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, his athleticism is phenomenal. He does tell good stories. The matches I have seen in the ring, and I'm so, so I'm excited about him at AEW. But yeah, so far, it just sounds like yeah, there was really no story build to it. So there, there was like you said, there was no context. So it was just a, a great match for a great match, and that's that's fine. It, that's good. It's not a bad thing. But that's not what I'm going to have. If I'm going to have a best match, that won't be what I would put in a number one spot. There you go. All right, we'll wrap up our show here with uh, with Wrestler of the Year. Wrestler of the Year in 2023. Around the horn again. Tyler, who is on your little green sheet of paper? <laughs> I can't Cody. See. Cody Rhodes. All right. 
I'm going. I'm going Gunther. Going, going Gunther. I am going Cody Rhodes as well. So let's start with uh, Gunther first because it's that was a close second for me. I'll be yeah. completely frank. Yeah, uh, it really was. And I'm a I'm a big Gunther guy. But Sean, I'll let you make the case. Okay, so again, Cody, <laughs> he's fantastic. I love Cody. I love what he's done in WWE so far. So, I mean, that was kind of just the easy out, I guess, for me. And so I, <laughs> I try to be a little different when I'm picking stuff like that. I go a little against the grain at times. If I know every, my, everybody might go the same thing, I'm like, oh, let me go a little different. But no, Gunther, I saw a little bit of him in NXT UK. I'd seen a little bit of him as Walter. Like, I saw not everything, but a little bit. I saw him and the stuff of the Ilya Dragunov and just the 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 size, the the look he has. It was just so I – was, I was into it already. And the matches he had with Dragunov were just, like, freaking insanely good in so many aspects. And so I was really intrigued when he was coming onto the main roster because I, I thought there was so much potential. And then uh, I was like, well, let's see how Hunter books it. You know, is he going to think the same way about him that, that I do? He, he absolutely does. Like, he has just slowly built him up um, even before he got the title. But once he got the Intercontinental title – Guys, he's made the Intercontinental title matter. The Intercontinental title in 2021, especially in 2021, but even in 2022, it really didn't mean anything. It was like, oh, this, you know, Shinsuke was going to wrestle this guy for the Intercontinental title, like with no notice, like, oh, it's just going to be a random match on TV. And Gunther has just put so much prestige on this Intercontinental championship. It means so much more. And the per people he's had matches against every step of the way, you have the triple threat with Sheamus and Drew at WrestleMania, which was just a fantastic match. I'm not a triple threat guy. It wouldn't have been on my favorite matches just because I, I don't like three ways. I'm always with Wade, Wade Keller on that. I don't like three ways generally. But that match was fantastic. Even Chad Gable, who I've, we've kind of learned in WWE, he's kind of got a ceiling. But Gunther made him feel bigger like the match felt big and you thought maybe chad gable might win the title even though he, we knew he wasn't but there was like a chance and gunther those matches were great even with the miz look what he's done with the miz like the miz is kind of is in the spot that he's in but even now like those matches felt big and the, they were just every match is so hard hitting it's physical but it tells a good story he's good in all aspects he's very athletic for his size but he just tells has really good matches, and he makes people feel bigger when he has matches with them. And I'm really excited to see the story they're going to continue to build with him in 2024. He's going to lose the title at some point, I guess. But I hope, and we've talked about this maybe, or I've heard you guys talk about this, I do want him to face Brock at WrestleMania next year. Get the rub from that. Let Brock put him over even bigger. And then just keep keep going with him. So I, I just love what WWE's done with him. The slow burn has been just fantastic. Even though the stuff with Imperium, I don't know where that's going, but I think Kaiser has potential, but with, with them with Gunther makes them look, look better just because they're with him. So he makes everybody look better. Yeah. I mean, Gunther's a success story for, for WWE to be sure. I mean, right now they haven't put him in a position where, you know, <clears throat> like currently you tried him out there for an intercontinental title match against pretty much anybody. And you give it a week or two build, I mean, like it's gonna feel like a big deal, like when it when it happens. And I think Gunther really has a presence about him. Um, he's been protected from a booking perspective, um, but he's also delivered, you know, when he's been asked to, like in 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 the ring on multiple different levels. So yeah, he's um 
certainly a guy you have to look at when you're talking about wrestler of the year. Uh, Tyler, you had Cody Rhodes, so did I, but I'll let you make a case first. Like what um, what stands out about him and his year that uh, that puts you in him in that prestigious top slot? Yeah, I mean, this is always you know it's not most valuable wrestler. It's just like so WWE is the biggest company wrestling company in the world. And I think Cody, without a question, shadow of a doubt, is telling the most important story in the most important wrestling company in the world, right? That's like kind of the cut and dry way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. not the PWI. I think Seth Rollins was the number one. And they take like win-loss percentage into account, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and he just works a lot more matches. So, you know, there's that um, from the, the surface level. He's going to main event, you would presume. WrestleMania two years in a row. I mean, WrestleMania, he was the main event of WrestleMania night two, the main, main event. Um, told the story, had a lot of that story decision. Uh, was, was a big talking point in the early part. If we would have recorded a mid-year review of, of wrestling, I think that would have been the number one story, mm-hmm. is Cody not beating Roman. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in, in the, the story told with him following has been good enough to maintain him in that level. He's a top guy. He carries that brand. You know, he's going to be billion dollar Cody Rhodes that got that got that raw deal done. So there's that. And also like the meta narrative for me, like it's a guy who has bet on himself multiple times, leaving WWE, leaving AEW, coming back to WWE, revitalizing his entire career um, is is a good statement for people to go out and try something that you might be scared to do. Maybe start a wrestling media company. <laughs> exactly. One thing. So, so he's kind of an inspiration in a cheesy way for me as well. Cool. Yeah. And the other thing is, I, and I agree with all that and that like propped up my, you know, my vote for him in this, in this slot. But the other thing is, I think, you know, when we talk, you know, like he's a star that people react to, positively in a universal way like that in in 2023 like that's hard to come by i mean it really is hard to come by and sometimes i watch him out there and i'm like oh god like when are the wheels gonna fall off because it's just like you just like just wait and like usually they do and you know he you know has just regularly pulled that babyface reaction out of the crowd in a major major way like this isn't like our truth babyface pop it's top guy going after the championship pop and um you know it's consistent you know and i think when we talk about like boom periods of wwe another point that you can like mark on the calendar is his return to the company i think like and and not not because it's cody rose returning necessarily but because i think they in that in that moment they got a they finally got like their their baby face star. And I don't even think they really knew it at the time that they were really going to be able to like attach the, the ship to, to, to Cody Rhodes. But like they, that's what they got. I mean, they got a guy that he himself was ready for that spot. The audience was ready for him to be in that spot. And now he's occupying that spot for all of this year. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think, um, and he's going to continue to have. An, I think we could be having the same conversation in 2024, and you know, you could make the case for 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 Cody, you know, then too, based on what we think he has coming for next year. Can I bring? Um, 
quick, can I bring something up real fast about that? Yeah, that yeah, of course. Him? When in 2022, I mean, Vince is the one that brought him back. We have to remember that. Yeah, Vince yeah. What he did, I guess, what he did, he must have saw enough to say, "Hey, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to give him another chance. You've you've done enough with yourself outside of here. I'm willing to let you." So I, I think that's a thing we can't overlook. That was pretty huge when he first came back. That Vince, of all huge. people, was willing to bring him back. So he won out and bring him back the way that he did, like what he did, yep. the Big American Big Nightmare, Big all Big the Big same Big music, Big all the same, Big like Big the Big same Big presentation. Big yeah, I think that's a good. Good call up. Very good call up. Yep. All right. If I gave you a list of MJF, Roman Reigns, Will Ospreay, um, let's see if I can think of anybody else. Well, let, let those three. What are the next, like, how are you ranking those three in terms of like their 2023? Roman Reigns, MJF, Will Ospreay. Oh, wow. Tyler, uh, Tyler go ahead. Hmm. Man, it's tough. I would probably go MJF Roman Osprey, but I could be convinced to flip Roman and MJF. Obviously, he's petered out a little bit here at the end, but I think the first nine months or so, and just being more consistent on the TV screen than Roman, um, puts him over the edge for me. Okay, Sean. Oh, that's yeah, Tyler. You said it. That's tough. Um, I would. Yeah, I'm with you, Tyler, on the not being on TV as much, but I still give Roman the edge. I just think the bloodline story was so good at the beginning of the year, and and they still talk about him. He still feels like a big, like he the biggest star on, on that we have. I still go Roman, and then MJF right behind, just because he's been on had big matches and things like that. And I just think they've it's such a downer at the end of the year that I got to put Roman just ahead, just because of that. Even yeah, I'm going Roman too. Um, to me, like. You know, the last four months of MJF really, like... It hurts. Yeah, it, like, it hurts It hurts him for his for his year, for his collective year. You know, like, the Iron Man match that he had with Brian Danielson, a preview to my column that's coming up, but that's a top-five match for me for the year. You know, I, I thought that match was... That was great. Was brilliant. Like, I thought it was just such a, like, a compelling match. And, like, that's, like high point MJF that's heel MJF that's you know and then it kind of like it kind of like withered away for me and so I I right or wrong I'm put I put a lot of stock in like the down like the like the down downgrade not downfall but like him just missing a couple beats as as a baby face um and Roman's Roman like that guy is like the like one of the only needle movers left you know in in, in wrestling right now period um and so you know I, I still think you have to talk about him as like you know one of the best one of the best of the year even though he's worked way 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 less um it's helped facilitate a lot of the momentum that wwe has so i'll uh, that that's fine and i asked that just because i think all those guys you know you could make arguments that like they could be considered wrestler of the year like if you're talking about like just match quality Oscar. You know, how do you argue with Will Ospreay? I mean, like he's had just insanely good matches with damn near everybody. I mean, like his his G one run is insane. He had a crazy match with Naito there, Okada matches. He's had uh, obviously the Omega stuff. I mean, like it's wild. So you know, I, I brought it up just because I wanted to address those guys because they, I I was thinking like, all right, who could be, who could Tyler and Sean come back with 
that you know we need to discuss. And so those were those were the guys. All right, gentlemen, there it is. That's 2023, folks. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we do appreciate it. Brassring Media will be back full force 2024 and beyond. Uh, we thank you for, for taking your time to 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 watch here. And again, if you haven't done so. Hit that subscribe button, hit the notification button so you know when we go live, you can catch our flagship show for free every single Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 Central, right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel. And if you want more, if you want more and you should, uh, find us on Patreon um, for all the benefits that becoming a Brass Ring Media member has. And you will be very happy that you did. My kid is unhappy. Um, so I got to pull a plug there. It's patreon.com backslash brass ring media. Tyler, thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend, for being a part of this journey with us today, but also, you know, the vision and, um, you know, just being a, being a, a flagship member, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for all you do. Um, I enjoyed you back with Wade. Um, I've been excited for the platform. You guys have all given me to talk about wrestling and just the, the chance to be on here has been really fun. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on and I'm excited to hear. I mean, I'm, I'll get to see world's end this weekend. So I'll get to watch it and hear your review on it. So I'm excited about it. There we go. All right, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll catch y'all real soon. See ya.